the heart of Los Angeles. This is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright We're tonight's guest, author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, Judy Wilkins-Smith. And performance guest, Dallas Walker. I am Mark Lejeune, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. At one point during my growth and healing and work that I was doing on myself, I stopped and I asked myself a question. I was thinking that I was at the age that my parents had kids or potentially I was older than the age that my parents started having kids. And I said to myself, if I had kids right now, what would they be learning from me as I am looking to improve myself, as I am looking to change for the better, as I am looking to understand my childhood experience, as I have all of these things available to me that I am finding and paying for and reading and studying and workshops and videos and et cetera, et cetera, what would I be passing on to my children right now? And then I said to myself, what would I have already been passing on before they were born or during the process or as they grew up, as I was trying to figure this out right now, as, as well as figuring out career and, and life and relationships and all that, what would I have passed on? And would I have done a better job raising me than, than, than raising my kids and my parents did raising me. I, I learned to stop criticizing. If I was criticizing, which I think I was, I learned to stop blaming if I was blaming, which I know I was. And I started to see a bigger picture. And I believe that this show today talks about a bigger picture further than even what I just started to say. Conversation is only just getting started. Just getting started. That's kind of like us after 13 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Just getting started. Super excited for uh, both our guest and our performance guest tonight. And uh, obviously the, the, the topic of emotional blueprint is, like you say, not only just getting started, but something that I think should be taught in schools, should be introduced far earlier, and the idea of bringing this energy into this lifetime, I think, translates to what are we leaving for the next lifetime, so. Oh, oh, well, perfect segue. Our guest is a world-renowned systemic work and constellations expert. She's a motivational speaker, and she's an author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. Welcome, Judy Wilkins-Smith to the Life Changes Show. Hi, Filippo. It is great to be with you. It's great to be with you and to have this conversation. And so 
as I was sharing, I, I stopped to look at that. And there's so much more to look at, isn't there? There is very much more to look at. So, so where do we, where do we start? Because already that was a big thought for me. So where do you take me at that stage? Where do you take me from there? So the first thing I say to you is, you know that you inherit your physical DNA, but what you don't always understand is that you also inherit your emotional DNA, your patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, inactions, reactions, and then you pass those down to your kids. And in fact, when you inherit them, it feels very much like it belongs to you. Only mm. it doesn't. It's a pattern that's echoed all the way through to you so that you can use it in service of the next generations and of the ones that preceded you. So if we didn't even know we had it and we didn't we didn't couldn't identify it and and most of the time we're seeing it as a problem right <laughs> yeah we are because what was once a solution for something else has now become a problem because it's outlived its usefulness and so hmm. if you didn't know you had it and people often say to me well how do i find it and what i say to them is go and look at the places where you're really really frustrated irritated sad mad hopeless, overwhelmed, and then think about the dreams that you have. Those two are pieces of the same puzzle. The irritated, frustrated, overwhelmed often is, is what's binding you to the family system's code, if you want to call it that, that imprint or blueprint. So it's got you bound to all of those rules and regulations. But they don't work anymore except that they're asking to be seen and they're also bringing to light anything or anyone who's been excluded because that in its own creates a pattern that expands and repeats. So you've got the pattern that's trying to stop. That's the irritation. When you have the pattern that's trying to start, that's the inspiration, the dream, and the two are in service of each other. The one is saying to you, use me as wisdom, but my time is over. The other one is saying, invest in me. This is where we're going now. Mm. And very often what looks like a train wreck in the one is the gift for the other. So, Judy, as I was going perusing through your book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, the first thing that I stopped on was the first paragraph or the couple sentence of the of the very long uh, dedication, longer than usual. And that first sentence is, this book is dedicated to my ancestors and their gifts. And here was the word that got me. I mean, the dedication to the ancestors, very cool. And their gifts exactly the way that they were given to me. Thank you. I am shaping them in my own way with gratitude. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we'd love to get the patterns of the ancestors with a beautiful pink bow and a nice little heart. And sometimes they don't come that way for a very specific reason. They come to you exactly the way they come to you because without them coming to you that way, you didn't get to be you with all of your special gifts and talents and you didn't get to make the magic going forward. Mm. 
Okay, so going forward, the next thing that that got me, that stopped me, was in your introduction, you have this wonderful chart that explains some of what we're going to get to here today, but it's in the book. And I see these words, grandfather loses family business. Uh-oh. Yep. And there it starts. And there it starts. And the next thing that we have, and I don't have the book in front of me, but I'll tell you typically is the next thing we have is a son who is risk averse. We don't speak about grandpa anymore. So a little bit like in Contos, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about grandpa either because he's now the black sheep and he becomes excluded. And then we get to the next one, uh, which is dad and dad's risk averse. And then client comes along and says, but I kind of think I could do stuff with this. And yet I find myself always pulled back into that. Don't do that. Be careful. Watch out. You shouldn't. You couldn't. You mustn't. And, and I'm stumped. What do I do? It's when dad starts to look and goes, well, I'm interested, but I'm scared that it starts a different pathway. And then the child says, well, I'm interested and I'm not so scared and I can make a fortune and actually looks back and sees grandfather or great-grandfather and says, you did it, I can do it, but I will do it differently. For you who lost all of it, I'm going to find a way to keep it and grow it. And now we have a completely different thread. So grandfather loses family business, and then you actually have father struggles with money. So the the next mm-hmm. generation could say, and I feel like I can do it, or they could say, well, father struggled with money, and therefore I do too. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the beautiful choice. And that's why that pattern will keep echoing until somebody goes, enough. This has to be different. We've got to do something different. There's got to be more to life than the struggle. And in that moment, when we, when we ask ourselves, what more is possible, everything changes. So speaking about everything changes, I found it very interesting that you didn't set out to write this book. As a matter of fact, you didn't set out to do this work per se until everything changed for you. Right. You're absolutely right. Did not set out to do this work. Um, I, I was actually in the medical arena, came across from South Africa. My father was killed not long after here in the U.S. in a hospital, and they failed him in every single one of the specialties that I had. And a door closed shut. And then this one opened, and people said to me, well, of course you'll know how to do it. And I went, why? And they said, because it began in South Africa, which I didn't know. And it began with the Zulu tribe. Now, full circle moment, when I left South Africa and I left the teaching hospital, the person who gave my farewell speech was a Zulu gentleman. And he said to me, you may be leaving us, but you'll find a way to represent us in the world. And I laughed. Wow. And I do. Wow. Wow. What are we learning as you are representing them? What are we learning as you're representing? As I'm representing the Zulus, as as I represent, we learn that we are incredibly connected 
And that, by the way, the collective conscious, or as we talk about it in, in systemic work, the knowings field is wise, but needs you to continue it and needs you to expand it. We also learn that if you're doing something like a constellation, which is a 3D version of your family system, that not only can you make the unconscious conscious, but you can absolutely literally make the invisible visible. And so for the first time, we are learning at a deep level that we sense into each other's systems all day long. We've just never been taught that that's what we're doing. As a matter of fact, while we were having a conversation earlier today, you said, Filippo, you are tapping into that. And so we we may be doing it without knowing. Uh, and so we're, we're not taught, we're not told, it's not talked about. It's actually quite taboo, isn't it? It's fairly taboo. You know, it's more than taboo. I think it's just never been taught or well worked with. And um, so as we were saying, there are certain shows where you watch a talent come in and they hit their stride and you get goosebumps. You're sensing into someone else's system. You walk into a room and you look at the person and go, oh, I'm not going near you. You look terrible. You look mm. really angry. You're sensing into their system. We've just never been taught that that's what we do. So we call it things like ESP or woo-woo or that stuff out there. But we're kind of doing it every day. So, okay. So the constellation work is kind of woo-woo and, 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 and not in necessarily a bad way at all, actually. It, it, it surprises even you, everybody, when you go into an experience, like you know how to do the experience, but you never really know exactly how it's going to go, right? I don't. And that's the whole joy and beauty of, the, of this work. If you know the answer, you shut down the system. If you're open to the answer, the answer will emerge. And so I have wild things that happen. I have somebody who says, um, I want this person to represent my father and then goes into a story about Vietnam, only at the end to have that person collapse and sit on the floor and say, my father was the draft dodger that your father was not. I needed to see this. Why would she have picked him? And I see this all the time. Wow. Uh, I just got chills. And so, well, the book... And the conversation we're having is Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. Uh, the book is a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. And we're going to speak more about this when we come back. But Judy, I, I want to make sure that people know that this isn't just about families. This is about businesses and teams, right? Absolutely. Uh, yes, I work with a lot of Fortune 50 companies. I work with a lot of the Fortune 500 companies, and we absolutely use constellations and systemic work as not only an approach to de uh, developing leaders, but solving really complex problems in a very simple way. Uh, simple. 
Define simple. <laughs> okay. So simple means they come to me with a nice complex issue. And I say nice because the juicier, the better, right? And we dissect it out. So what we do is we say, here's the issue. Here are all the parts of that issue. And then every single part is represented. Now, frequently, it'll be perhaps myself and a CFO or myself and, and one other. And so, of course, we don't have the live representatives, but we have computer paper. And we turn them into directional markers. And each component gets its own piece of paper. And so what they'll do is we'll write that out. And then I say to them, okay, set it out on the floor for me the way that it is for you. In other words, the way you see it as a business person. And they'll do that. And then I'll say to them, okay, now, now I want to understand why is this piece closer to this piece? Why is that piece further away? Why are some turned in? Who's disengaged? And pretty soon they're having a conversation and noticing things they'd never seen. And then I might say to them, walk up to that piece of paper. Tell me what happens as you're walking towards it. And they, go, they, they may say, yeah, well, they'll never go for this because they just are not interested. They're completely disengaged. So now they're telling themselves what they don't often notice. They're noticing out loud and they're sensing out loud. And then they'll move the papers around and they'll keep moving it as we're talking. And all of a sudden, and, and I have this all the time, they'll say, there's the answer. I had one, one CFO said to me, we're not doing that stuff. We're not doing a constellation. So I said to him, okay. So he gave me the whole issue and we set it out on post-its. And I said to him, that's interesting, but I'm really visual. Can we just put it out on the floor? So we put it out in pieces of computer paper and I started doing what I do. And he got to, and he said to me, there it is. I haven't been able to sort this out for two years. And he looked at me and he said, you just did the thing, didn't you? <laughs> and I think I can see you doing that. And and th there is another component that we haven't talked about and I and I think it it connects to what I'm about to ask that I'd love to have an answer when we come back and that is uh that it it's 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 generational it's it's families it's also cultural. And I and I feel like this is tying into potentially the glamorization of suffering and, and why some of us feel validated in certain suffering of, of certain traumas that our cultures, uh, and, and we could be justified, that's the thing. And so how do we respect the culture and also uh, what do we do with it that that is is the best thing to do in our lifetime potentially with that so again decoding your emotional blueprint is uh the book by judy wilkins smith our guest you could find her links uh for social they're all judy wilkins smith actually and uh, judy wilkins uh dash smith.com is her website i'm enjoying this conversation a little later on we're going to have our ask dorothy segment and then we'll be joined by Dallas Walker, our performance guest live, all on the Life Changes Show online edition right after this. Want to connect with amazing people who are committed to making a difference? From the Heart Tribe is a platform, community, and movement with the purpose of bringing like-minded humans together to help animals and the environment in order to gain a stronger connection and understanding of the world around us. 
They're dedicated to effectuating positive change by empowering individuals to organize meaningful and engaging experiences that build compassion for animals and the natural environment. Their founders and members' passion is to inspire others to actively get involved in their homes, their communities, and the world to raise awareness about the issues we face and most of all to be part of the solution. Through their efforts, they have also accomplished some amazing and tangible achievements. Their Pickup for Paradise beach cleanups have collected over 50,000 pieces of foreign debris. And also, thanks to animal rescue and recovery volunteers, over 30% of the volunteers have become vegan or reduced their meat intake. Daily habits make a big difference. Please join any of their upcoming events by going to FTHT.org and signing up for their newsletter. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at From the Heart Tribe. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on the Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back, and our interview guest is world-renowned systemic work and constellation expert Judy Wilkins-Smith. And we've termed this, uh, we've titled this episode Emotional Blueprint, The Treasure Map Within You. So uh, I I feel like that treasure map, quote-unquote, is a double-edged sword, Judy. It is a double-edged sword. It can take you down some interesting pathways and turn you into a victim very quickly Mm. if you start perpetuating limiting patterns. So with so many wars in history, famines and traumatic events in communities and in, in, in cultures, whole countries, uh, it's the rightly so, uh, people feel justified for feeling certain things in this lifetime. They do. They absolutely. And you know what? We could argue that they are justified. Here's the problem. Does it grow you and does it make you happy? Hmm. Good questions. Yeah. And if it doesn't, what are you doing? I have somebody who is from a particular culture who said to me, you don't understand. We were born to suffer. And and my answer was, no, you don't understand. For as long as you speak that language, you are doomed to suffer. Hmm. 
As a matter of fact, you say in your book that uh, every human is is born to be, uh, I'm very much paraphrasing, something amazing. <laughs> yes, every human being is born to be remarkable. You're a remarkable life if you know how to see it. Okay, so we have these things in our cultural DNA. We have these things in our inherited family DNA. We have these things that are evidently happening at work and in our relationships. Uh, it's all around us. It's ubiquitous. And so we have to stand and say what? Stop. <laughs> well, yeah, what you've got to say is not even to the world around you. Stop. It's to yourself. Stop. What are these thoughts I'm thinking? Do they actually belong to me or are mm. they multi-generational? What are the feelings that I'm feeling? Do they belong to me? Why is it that I feel like I must suffer with? Well, some of that is because it doesn't matter which religion, culture, or ethnicity, a large portion of us or a large demographic have been taught that suffering is glamorous. And what I've discovered is it allows us to feel like we belong. Oh. And that that's enticing. And the question is, do we want to belong to that? Or in that way? Or in that way, absolutely. You will always belong to your family. You will always belong in your systems. But the system keeps saying to you, grow more, want more. That's how we evolve. We're afraid of being big. We're afraid of wanting a lot. And yet that's how the world grows. Okay. So back to that easy word. What the, so we, we say to ourselves, we're not sure maybe what it is, but we know we want to stop and, and, and say stop to ourselves. And, and then... And then what? Because because there is the other side of it that there potentially could be family members or cultural members or members of a team in a, at a business that say, well, who do you think you are? We all have to suffer in this way. What Absolutely. makes you so special? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's really important because many times when I'm working with somebody and doing a constellation, what will happen is they can see where it is that they want to go but they keep looking over their shoulder and hesitating. And I'll ask them, what is it? And they'll say, but I'm leaving them behind or I won't belong or I'm stepping out of the system. So you can never not belong. So that one we eliminate. You're not stepping out of the system. You're stepping ahead, which means you're expanding it. And when you, I don't know about you, but most people I would imagine when you get there, and you have all of this good stuff happening. What's the first thing that you want to do? Hmm. You want to turn around and share it. And so all you've done is dared to have the courage to step ahead, do it differently, and show the way. And that's a very much easier way of looking at it. Well, Judy, you say, I don't know about you. I, I can answer that question actually for myself and for all of us here at the Life Changes Show. That's why we're doing this show. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So if you're doing this show because it's, look what we've gotten, everybody come along for the ride. You're teaching people that adventure and difference and growing 
it's the other side of the coin that we just haven't been taught to look at. Mm. So this is what I'm imagining when we were talking about the then what. Yes, the then what. Yes. Um, we were talking about how quite often people come in and they want to have something solved or they want an issue resolved. And we get to the end of it and they look at me and go, okay, uh, and then what? And I began to notice that that this was a very definite next step or a purpose. So the purpose is often just on the other side of what's had you stuck. And it's waiting for you to say, yes, please, I choose you. Mm. And that purpose can be, so for example, everybody in my family struggles, we're all depressed, we're all anxious. Oh, hold on, what is my purpose then? Well, do you want to keep doing that? No, I'd like to be joyful. I know that I'm capable of doing it. That is your purpose. The, the pattern keeps, a pattern that is not resolved will keep echoing and expanding until somebody starts to change it. And that becomes a purpose. So even at your worst times, when you think you're in the middle of a terrible train wreck, stop. There is a gift and it's simply waiting for you to see it and say yes to it and then grow it. It's almost uh, the visual I'm getting is is walking like down a New York block along a, a, a big building and you don't know what's on the other side until you round the corner. And when you get to the corner, if you don't actually round it, then you won't know and then what? There's... Exactly, exactly. And when you round it, my experience is that people round that corner and they go, what took me so long? <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. So you have some easy steps. You've actually shared so many of them right now. Uh, could you bring them together for us? And of course, they are in the book. Uh, uh, and the book is available on Judy's website at judywilkins-smith.com. The book is Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, and it's available where books are sold. Uh, Judy, how can you uh, put some kind of a... Our ancestors didn't do it, but can you put a bow around it for us? I can sure give it a good shot, because, yeah, that's why I wrote the book, was I was tired of people thinking... You had to levitate six foot off the ground to be able to do this. It's not the case. So what you want to do is you want to sit down with a pen and paper and just notice for yourself, write down your thoughts about any subject, money, relationships, leadership, whatever it is. Write down all of those thoughts that generally come in and they kind of knock you off and, and you, you give up. So write down your thoughts, then write down your feelings about that and the actions that you take as well. How do you self-sabotage? Then, then write down what you would like to feel, what you would, what you would like to think, because your, your thoughts are words, and those are what we call systemic sentences, sentences spoken in the system that have you trapped. So now I want you to write down new words, in other words, new thoughts, then write down new feelings. What's possible if? And then write down new actions. If I took just one new action, what might happen? Because here's what we think. 
We think that we have to do it all at once. And to rewire the pattern, it's literally one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. Because the minute that you do that, you're observing new patterns into reality, you're fully present, and your predictable future just changed. So as we're wrapping up, Judy, thank you for that. As we're wrapping up, you did you, you did give a, a you asked a question you said uh, people ask themselves like what took me so long and one of the analogies you gave during our talk earlier today i really liked it was the analogy of a train wreck and where i'm going with that question that you ask is is when one is in the middle of a train wreck there's a train wreck and so yeah. someone can see the train wreck and say there's a train wreck and somebody else can see what? Yeah, okay, so I'll give you a similar one. Two men are in, in, in an accident, a bad accident. Both are paralyzed from the neck down. The one says, my life is over. The other one says, my life has just found its purpose. Mm. Both are right. When your brain tells your body a story that your body believes, that has just become your new truth. Mm. Well, and so we've had an opportunity to find some new truths or at least make headway on our path to finding new truth. Uh, Judy, I, I, I have to wonder, your life has taken so many paths and this is, this is a, a big step in, in supporting uh, people. And you said something very hopeful and that is especially uh, the kind of people or the age group, I should say, that are more and more interested right. in this are who? I was so surprised. I was busy working with someone around victimhood, and I think they're about 24, maybe even younger, and, and the person looked at me and said, yes, our generation is tired. We're tired of the victims. We want to know what more is possible, and I thought, this is what we're looking for. In fact, what I said to her was, once upon a time, there was the greatest generation. Do you understand that by feeling the way that you do and asking that question, you stand a chance to become the next greatest generation? Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you for that. And may that be so for the next and the next and the next and many generations to come. Judy, thank you so much. Decoding your emotional blueprint, Judy Wilkins Smith. Again, Judy Wilkins-Smith.com is the website and Judy Wilkins Smith on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. What an absolute pleasure to connect with you and thank you for sharing like you have today on the show. Filippo, thank you so much. It's been lovely. I've enjoyed every minute of it. And yeah, time to wake up. It's a wonderful world out there. Time to wake up. It's a wonderful world out there. Wonderful words by Judy Wilkins-Smith. Thank you so much. Thank you. And with that, whew, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Patty from Houston, Texas, and I am grateful for your help in the past 
However, today I really need some help because I had to have my wonderful and precious cat put down and it is so extremely painful. I am at work and was not able to I was not able to be I'm sorry everyone, I'm going to go back. I am at work and was not able to be with him to sleep as I am far away from home. I was willing to pay over $1400 for surgery for him. And the vet called and said it would be in his highest and best good to euthanize him as he had been through many serious challenges. I had agreed and have been crying since this decision was made. He was so amazing and we had so much fun cuddling. I'm having great difficulty in handling this and have gone to my private office and closed my door to cry in private with my coworkers looking confused. This is a temporary position and I just don't know how to tell them why I'm so sad. What should I do? Dear Patty, I am so sorry for your loss. I have had many wonderful cats. My lifetime has been filled with so many amazing pets, and I truly understand and appreciate what you're going through right now. Even though you're in a temporary position with people you don't really know, I imagine that most of them have suffered the loss of a pet or two, and that they could be supportive of you in this time of your loss. I believe that a very simple explanation would support you and be helpful to your coworkers. You could choose to say that you had to make a very difficult choice and that you had to euthanize your wonderful pet and that you're having a hard time processing his demise. I believe that you would be amazed with the support you will receive, which will be much better than their conjectures. You might also wish to call your best friends and discuss the situation with them and let them help you focus on all the awesome gifts you have received from the time you have had with your precious pet. I recently had to let go of one of my cats and it was hard on me, much like what you are going through. However, I called one of my more enlightened friends and he helped me process the pain and move on to remembering the amazingness my precious cat and I shared. So I trust that you will not continue to lock yourself away without explanation and instead choose to open yourself up to support and understanding from your coworkers. Please love yourself enough to share your true emotions with others. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, Dallas Walker, here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author, Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. 
That's the little dog that could.com. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We are back with our featured performance guest, country music singer, songwriter, Dallas Walker. Welcome, Dallas, to the Life Changes Show. And while Dallas is coming on, Dallas, you're muted. I want to say thank you to Trevon McClure for introducing us to Dallas. Dallas, you're still muted. And Actually, while he's still coming on, I'm also going to thank Elite <laughs> McCord, who also introduced Dallas. I, I know, you know, isn't that interesting how here I am. <laughs> how that happens? Here he is. Yeah. We were talking hey. all good stuff about you. We just needed yeah. extra time so we could introduce all the introducers <laughs> that it up. brought you to the show. Unbeknownst, yeah. to, unbeknownst to each other, uh, we were all being introduced to Dallas Walker. And now we're getting to introduce you to our audience. Hey, uh, thank you all. Dallas, so the, the first introduction I had to you and, and your music, uh, which made me say, yes, I hope he has original music too, but even if he doesn't, let's bring the gospel music on. That was my first introduction. Uh, yeah. Was that your first introduction? Well, I actually, uh, I did. I started singing with my mom and dad uh, in church when I was a boy. And uh, got to sing with my brother. We traveled around, uh, did a little uh, southern gospel music for a few years, uh, mostly in the in the east. I never came out uh, to this part of the country, but uh, spent a lot of years in gospel music, and it and it really is my true passion uh, because it's such a spiritual, um, emotional type music, you know. Well, I learned some things, uh, not just about you, but about country music. And we'll talk about that in a minute. One of the interesting things is I said to you, speaking of gospel, I haven't heard gospel singing like that since I used to listen to Elvis's gospel. And you said all kinds of interesting things. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, I always had a great connection uh, with Elvis and his influence was from Southern Gospel and Quartet music. And I had the privilege to travel with some guys that uh, still are singing on the big stages. And uh, one of them traveled with the Stamps, uh, who was J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, uh, who backed up Elvis for a lot of years. And they still do a lot of, uh, I guess, reenactment shows with them. But anyways, uh, so I, I'm very connected to that whole world, the whole environment. Well, and, and so I went on to say something like, well, except uh, Elvis went on to rock and roll and you went on to country. And then you said something and something else very interesting. Yeah. the uh, If you go back to the rock and roll that Elvis uh, began to go into, which kind of came out of the uh, Mississippi blues kind of era, it was very much uh, probably more subtle than a lot of the today's country, you know? Um, so what was considered rock and roll back then uh, wouldn't be as hip today, you know? Well, uh, we'll talk some more in a little bit. Interesting, you say, uh, back then. So mm -hmm. this first song we're actually going to hear is a pre-recorded song that's already released. And Yes, sir. Uh, do I have the title correctly? They Can't Pave My Memories? They Can't Pave My Memories, yes, oh, sir. Yeah, so that's referring to something that I think hits home to a lot of towns, actually. It is. And uh, interesting, since I've moved to California, uh, you know, and I've traveled around this state quite a bit, there's a, there's a lot of, there's some small towns, and you can tell there's some big towns that used to be small. And that's what this song talks about is the small town becoming big. And no matter how much concrete they put in, they can't pave my memories. Mm, you know what? Let's, let's hear that now. Here is uh, Dallas Walker's pre-recorded song that's been released already. They can't pave my memories here on the Life Changes Show. There's a Walmart in the middle of that old field Where I shot my first buck And that back road's now a four lane And these days there's way more cars than trucks There's a liquor store where the hardware used to be Lord only knows what they did with all those trees They covered up the pig trails where we rode our ATVs Put neighborhoods all up and down both sides of the creek The drive is now a drive through and it ain't real hard to see How this small town got to be too big for a simple man can hardly even recognize a thing With all this concrete where the country used to be Now looking around the snow horse town All I can think is Lord at least They can't pay my memories Well that red light be an old shot up stop sign that I'd ran a thousand times. 
this used to be the perfect place to wed a lie. And that mega church, I'm sure that it's okay. But it'll never be the one that it replaced. And they covered up the big trails where we rode our Yes, sir. I wanted to wait until that last twang of the guitar string, <laughs> and it's important. I love it. It's important, and uh, I'm gonna tell everybody how they can find you, and then and then I want to talk more about that. Actually, Dallas Walker right. has a bump card, so go to DallasWalker dot dot me, and if uh, you forget that, you could go to Life Changes Show. Read about Dallas, and uh, also we've got a, a video up of his, and he's got lots of other videos. You can find him actually on on social media. Uh, enjoy his music, uh, where music is, including uh, Spotify, etc. Uh, so, so Dallas, so just like waiting for that last twang to to die down, you you care about the sound or not just the sound but where it's coming from even from musicians because we were talking you just moved to LA and you want you're having a, a time finding musicians who who get it get it yeah yeah it's a it's a flavor um like anything um 
you know, there's just like singing, I, you know, people say I have an accent out here, right? Well, it seems to me that everybody else has the accent. I just talk normal, but you know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, there's a, there's a sound to any genre of music and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all, um, authenticity. So I look for players that can, you know, have that Nashville, uh, country Southern sound and, and uh, there's some out here. It's just not as much of that here as there was back where I'm from. So in that conversation, you, lo- you learned me something that I did not know. And I'm surprised as a musician, like, I think we should be taught this. Uh, <laughs> I- I've written so, you know what I'm going to say. I've written so many charts and to a lot of people that would look like gobbledygook to them. But mm-hmm. I know what it says. But then you told me about Nashville Nashville. number system charts. Yeah. Have you had a chance to dig in that? I did. And it looked like gobbledygook to me. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a Southern way to do it, I guess. I I thought everybody did it, but I came out here and, and, and they uh, use all the fancy notes and everything, but uh, definitely in Nashville, uh, you hire uh, guys to play behind you and, if somebody's got a page with the numbers or they're holding their fingers down, holding a one or a two and a four and everybody in the band can just follow them. So it, it works pretty well. You know, actually I've seen my band members in the past do that. Uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to remember if I know what that means. I, the hand signals, I think I figured out, but not the chart. So uh, it'll yeah. be interesting <laughs> to explore that more. Maybe I'll get to come hear you live and then uh, check out some of the charts after you've all played. Uh, yeah, speaking great. speaking of you, uh, you sing country music, which is loved throughout the world, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And you left Nashville <laughs> to come to I did. Los Angeles to, and, and you're doing country music. So you said you didn't move here for music, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I enjoyed your segment so much with Judy. And everything that she had to say, that was just amazing. And um, mm-hmm. just kind of going to church there with y'all, uh, <laughs> listening to all that, uh, because it's been a lot of my journey, you know, uh, in the significant change and following my heart. And instead of settling for, um, you know, lesser things that we may be told, uh, you know, just setting forth for what's greater, you know, and, and what's out there. And that's what led me out here, more of a spiritual journey, um, you know, to break away from some chains that had me bound and uh, to write a new song, if that makes sense. It, it, very much so. And, and you know, uh, we don't, uh, let's see, how, how, do, how do I say this? Something that, something that touched me that, you know, kind of connects, connects your song that you just shared with us with a song Mm -hmm. that you actually haven't shared with anyone in the world yet that we're grateful you're going to be sharing here with us and we were going to get to hear it sung live but we had some technical difficulties so you've recorded it on your phone for us to share you said one one of the one of the things that you noticed from small town or potentially call it middle middle america if you will uh Mm -hmm. that you haven't seen a lot of here uh is is patriotism and you talked about it in a way that really touched me if you if you remember i'll remind you one of the things was 
there is no American this or American that. You're American. Yeah, very much. That's something that I uh, live by. You know, uh, a lot of people try to divide up and say there's this American and that American. But and I guess the way I feel is you're either American and you're not or you're not. And, uh, you know, I believe in all American and patriotism is something that I didn't never pay attention to. I've came out here through the years, but I noticed there wasn't really a great sense of patriotism because I lived in Franklin, Tennessee, where a lot of the California people were moving to. And then I up and moved out here. And so uh, uh, that's what this song uh, that that I was able to share with y'all um, is about, you know, is is kind of getting past all the garbage that's said and, and all the things that want to, uh, you know, make us uh, afraid and just looking at our blessings. So... None of us have gotten to actually hear this song yet, but uh, you called me and then you wanted to share some particular aspects about the song. And mm-hmm. just in, in the aspects that you shared, uh, one of them I wrote down, it, you said, be thankful for the beautiful beaches and the good food and the beautiful sunshine. And then, yeah. and then you said, it may sound crazy, like you didn't know how I felt about that. And my answer to that was you put a lump in my throat with that one. So I'm looking forward to hearing this song and then uh, someday seeing it and hearing it live. Uh, here is uh, Dallas Walker's uh, original song. It's it's actually not even recorded. It's him singing on his phone uh, that we can uh, share with you all. And it's called As Long As California Is Catching Waves here on the Life Changes Show. One by one they're leaving for any other place. The groceries and the taxes pushing everyone away. But before there was a governor, before Hollywood's heyday, there were miles of golden beaches catching waves. I'd rather set my ass right down in the sand of Malibu and give God thanks for what I have and what He's gonna do. Beneath the West Coast sunshine is where I'm gonna stay. As long as California's catching waves. Crooked politicians and homeless in the streets. Rules and regulations. Tripping everybody's feet Just put me in the traffic Up on the PCH While sunny California Keeps on catching waves Malibu 
is where I'm gonna stay as long as California's catching way. Mm, Dallas Walker, thank you for that. <laughs> Hey, thanks for letting me play it. You you got all that just being here since December? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what you learn when you show up somewhere. That is interesting. <laughs> I I should probably leave and come back and see what I see. <laughs> Dallas Walker dot the bump card dot me, and you can go and click on that at lifechangesshow uh, dot com. Uh, Dallas, thank you so much. I I, yeah, I feel like you, we're we're gonna be hearing more of you and your music and and you're in Malibu, so we're gonna get to see it live. Lawrence, as as California's catching waves, <laughs> and <laughs> so it is. <laughs> thank you, Mark. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is this and is and we're gonna meme that. It's amazing what you learn when you show up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Definitely. And and Mark, he'll probably have a song by the time you get that meme out. <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, that is our show. Dallas, all the best to you. Welcome to California. And uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll connect some more. In the meantime, a big thank you to you. And a big thank you to our interview guest, Judy Wilkins-Smith. And that is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejeure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes. <laughs>